0: Hello and welcome to the D&D 420 Podcast. This is a show dedicated to making you a better Dungeon Master. I am your host, Eric M. Hunter, and joining me shortly is Jimmy St. James. He is an avid D&D fan with over 30 years of experience. We continue the monster spotlight with something you want to get a little joyful for. A little cute, maybe, but sinister. It's the sing sing. Jim, it's a good, it's a pretty name, but they sound pretty foul. Sing sing. Oh, sounds the nice. Sing
1: sing, yeah. Sing it sing sounds nice. This is uh, an adaptation because I play I played D and D for a very long time. So these things were um, back in AD and D. They first appeared in the Ad- Oriental Adventures Handbook. Um, I made mine quite a bit different for my need. I used the same idea, the same basic idea for the Sing Sing, but I warped it. I applied 5th edition to it. Um, I have also in the past applied 3rd edition to it. But this is the first time I've shrank them down to make them much smaller. Instead of being ape-like humanoids, these are a race of monkey-like humanoids, about 2 feet tall, white furred with humanoid faces they live in mountainous subtropical forests uh, they prefer to be left alone they have a very uh, tribal society but because of a weakness for strong drink and a penchant for mischief they will occasionally travel and set camp near humanoid villages to trade or pester locals they usually bring rare treasures from you know deep in the forest like exotic birds, feathers from rare birds, scented woods, exotic fruits and plants, seeds. In exchange, they like to take forged metal items, any kind of pottery, anything that is uh, you know, made by humanoids, manufactured because they don't really have a trait of their own. They love wine, alcohol of any type, and also rice or other food goods um, can be considered luxuries to the Sing Sing. Um, they are a mischievous little creature. They are they're scamps. They're little scamps. And they're yeah. chaotic as all get out and they like to get drunk. Um, some scholars hold them to be perfect examples of the principles of harmony with nature and non-action. Because oh. they, they keep to themselves. They live out in nature. And uh, those, ty- those same scholars might say mm. that the alcohol is a perversion provided... By civilization or from society, that they wouldn't succumb to those things if left to their own devices. But others have often referred to them as little devils of the forest or Kongbu, from the society where they're from in Leao, which means little terror. Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> They, they are, um, they, they tend to be like, they love poison. They have an affinity for poison. So they, they use poison along with their blowguns. And it is a paralysis type poison. It's a DC 12 constitution saving throw. Other than that, they only really attack with their fists. They are, they are not, they're not super tough. They've only got two hit dice, seven hit points. They're a quarter challenge rating, but they never attack alone they always 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 if they're attacking have the entire village with them they tend to be peaceful however during the at the end of every year when winter is at its harshest and supplies are low they get crazy when they go from winter into the void months on, on my world there's, there are five seasons there's spring, summer fall, winter and void Void is kind of like an extension of winter. Um, so, during the end of winter, on into void, they go on a war season. This can last weeks, months, or well into spring. Um, they become extremely savage, very aggressive, organizing into raiding bands and attacking settlements near the edge of their territory. It doesn't matter if it's other sing sing or humanoids, they will attack anything, everybody even attacking uh friendly sing sing tribes once they run out of other people to attack um they are clever not to strike the same settlement twice they they tend to uh, because they're not super tough the element of surprise and their stealth really helps them just because they're they're so small they can and dexterous as well they tend to can be unseen. They tend to go unseen as they enter into a village to attack, and then just wage unholy terror and steal, and then they're gone before you know it. Oh yeah, killed people
0: two feet tall. Gone. I mean, two feet tall. Yeah, that's that's a quick. And they're par- they're paralyzing people, right? So way in this 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 madness that they go through. Like, what's the cause of it? Is it really just the changing of the seasons? Is there something more spiritual there? Is there something more? Uh, connective
1: well they in in my campaigns, see I don't know about you know way back in uh, first edition there's not a whole lot of information there on this that I have found. there may be some out there um, I might just I might not be privy to it, but there's not a lot of information there in my campaigns, it's because well there are two reasons one, that's when tribe tribal people will get more uh, feisty they get hungry they're, it's harder to find food when just in general the colder months just in general so it's going to make you more more warlike however for them it is more spiritual it's um it's the thing that they do every year other than that they're not up to a whole lot so this this is kind of a spiritual thing this is kind of their their um like their culture this is it's an event and it carries them through it helps them survive through those void months where things get abysmal for for all natural creatures and they they live among the natural world and the thing is they're not from the material plane they're from the Feywilds. wilds uh, originally there's a lot of speculation about why they're in the material plane but that's not exactly common knowledge or agreed upon
0: hmm. that's interesting like it's um that even though because they they're able to communicate right they they have like some sort of basic basic
1: (laughs) they yeah they are very similar to if you listen to the Detrith episode they're about on the level of a detrith. they may know 500 to a thousand words at their peak you know during adolescence or early adulthood which is not a lot that's they, and that's common tongue. it's broken. They have many dialects. It can be difficult to understand them when they speak because they, they also communicate with them with one another through chirps and, and howls and little barking noises and things of that nature. So they tend to mix that in with, with the, the speak among normal people or among civilized people. I should say, doesn't make me normal just because I'm civilized. Um, right. So yeah, they 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 don't have they don't have a firm grasp on communication. In fact, a lot of the the reason for their their behavior, their their sort of uh, mischievous wild behavior, could be based on misunderstandings. You know, they have a, they don't come from the town. They don't have money. They don't have so you try to imagine through their eyes. The, the impasse that's reached through not only a language barrier but a lack of understanding of culture of your culture of these cities they just don't have the intelligence the wherewithal to really be able to grasp those things right
0: they um, get the just the idea of civilization of you know like yeah
1: when you have a, a six or seven intelligence seven is just enough to you know six and seven is just above to, enough to not be an animal it's crazy
0: yeah I mean because it's you know but they're such a. They sound, you know, two feet tall. You know, they typically say themselves until these these warring periods. But savage beasts, like I feel like this is a creature that could be easily um, misunderstood when your party comes across them, especially if you have no familiarity, and like completely taken aback when they just bombard you by numbers. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, because you could, you could encounter them one time and they'd be curious little creatures who um, come into your camp and make you laugh, offer trade, can actually speak to you, trade you neat little items that you, maybe spell components that are hard to find. They might understand that these things are valuable to, to people like this when I find them. And they bring it in and all they really want is alcohol or baubles, trinkets, met things made of metal. So, you might have a very—I don't know—even comedic interaction or a humble interaction with them, and then a couple months down the road, they're on you for no good reason, by the scores. Just all over you, everywhere you look. So that that could be—it could be an interesting encounter, or if that's your first encounter, you're going to be super cautious after.
0: Yeah, but then they come up to you wanting to do trades cautious, and shit. You're like, well, wait a second. This is completely backwards. <laughs>
1: I mean, it's it's as bipolar as can be. Uh, one thing uh, also that I, I I, think I just, I don't know if I glossed over or completely skipped at this point. Um, maybe I should take maybe. another hit off the phone. Focus the mind. Uh, Let me get things. Oh, the Lao Shu. They are natural enemies of Lao Xiu. These are evil little shapeshifters, also tiny, about two feet tall, who inhabit the same forests as the Sing Sing. Um, they they are evil, just straight out evil, evil, evil shapeshifters. They they look like um, look like little lizard people. Uh, they are also, I believe in Oriental Adventures natural predators of the Sing Sing so I kept that war alive they were called something else back then I just can't remember what I changed the name of them for whatever reason but the Lao Shu and the Sing Sing natural enemies so we can do another piece I was actually thinking about doing Lao Shu next week on Whoa man Monster Spotlight Spoilers Spoiler that This way, you have sing sing this week the cute little monkey people who turned feral for a few weeks to a couple months and next time evil shapeshifters from the same forests
0: yeah hitting you with those tiny little fists that's just uh well i mean they have some intelligence i guess they could learn to use tools they could learn to throw rocks and they could learn to to use some sort of like
1: they use they use crude, crude tools but they don't don't really make them themselves they don't have trades and they're they tend to be also kind of classified as lazy but really they're in peace and harmony with nature man they don't they don't need to make things they don't have the same needs as humanoids do they're content to live that very humble peaceful bestial existence and hunt and gather they'll eat anything they're little survivalists they don't have a very difficult area to survive in the subtropical mountainous areas of lao it's abundant and fertile with being considered that 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 forest is called the konglin which is the soulless wood and that in their language and it is considered haunted people don't like to go there so Races like these their little spark of intelligence allows them to thrive in that situation. They're just a, quite a bit smarter than most other predators, most other things in that forest other than the uh, you know, the undead stuff sure. that's there.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a different episode also.
1: <laughs> that's that up that that may be a different episode. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I just again like uh, I I've, I've probably said this before. But it's it's again, it's just one of those creatures that is so unassuming and can be unassuming, even helpful to a point. And then just at the turn of the moon, you know, like it's they become these ravenous creatures. And it's such a a Frankenstein. Well, not Frankenstein, but um, like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde situation.
1: Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde is the perfect way to and describe it's, and it, and
0: it's perfect please. because like it's unique, obviously, um, just with everything from top to bottom. But there's also so many threads there that your game, that your adventurers will be able to pick from, to be able to relate it back to something that's natural to them, like a Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, or
1: yeah, uh, you know, the thing I love about these guys, and you had said it earlier, is that they can be misunderstood so easily, and you can have these accidental interactions but those are very real interactions um, it happened with with my uh, kind of newer player group that I play with I have, my wife is in the game and a couple of our close friends one of which had played a little bit but everybody else is brand new to the game and they met these things I think they were second level and they ran into about 8 or 10 of them in the forest they woke up to sounds in their camp and it's it's the sing sing and went through the backpack right. of the ranger and a couple of them have have the little these climbing like basically climbing rings um, pittons and spikes and rings that you use to tie ropes off and such but he's got these rings and spikes of hers and he's got the rings around his arm as if it were an arm ring because it's a little smaller than what a, a humanoid arm ring would be so it fits him a little better and then he's got another one in his hand and another one of his buddies has the arm ring too. And he's got it in both hands and he's like chewing on it. And another one has her hard tack and rations out and is eating one of the rations and the ranger is evil. So when the ranger wakes up, she sees what has happened and these things are stealing from us and makes a big deal out of it. And the rest of the group is not evil. So they're trying right. to calm her down. And, then, <laughs> no, no, and, and the no Sing they get scared yeah, no rationalizations. Um, the, the Sing Sing gets scared, so they react, and we go to initiative, of course, at, at some point when they're, it's like, well, I'm going to kill this thing. And so she shoots it, and the one of them stops, like, oh, God, they killed <laughs> Frank. You know, it, out of nowhere, they're like, these things talk? They're sentient? And they stopped, and they were stunned. Even the ranger was stopped and was stunned, thought it was just a little beast creature. That was up to no good, and and they were like, what well, we were gonna trade with you," and like, "Oh gosh, oh my gosh, you talk and you make it sense, helps. even though you speak speak in very simple, plain speak." Uh, so that that was you know completely misunderstood. I like that about them, because every interaction can be different depending on the party, their alignments, those players, and how they play how they might view whether they've seen these things as a player or not before, whether they want to roll for a history check to see if they understand anything about them. If you pass a history check about the Sing Sing, you might know that they like to trade for alcohol and and they'll often trade very nice things that are hard to come by. But if you don't take that chance, if you don't stop to ask yourself, what do I know about these? Do I know anything about them? Let me think about it that chance for a totally different encounter every time exists. And that's my favorite thing about the Sing Sing.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the D&D 420 podcast. For everything D&D 420 related, check out dnd420.com. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us there on the website and on YouTube at dnd 420. Lastly, as always, if you'd like to support the show, You can do that by telling another DM about the show and by visiting us on Apple Podcasts and leaving a rating and review. Thanks for subscribing and being a part of our work here at D&D 420. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the D&D 420 podcast. For everything D&D 420 podcasts, related, related D&D 420 check 420 out dot 420com If you'd like to reach out to us, you can, like to us, out us, us website, you can find us and there on, on the website and the YouTube on, on YouTube, YouTube at, YouTube 420. at D&D 420 Lastly, as always, if you'd like to support you can the do show, show, you can do that by telling another DM about the show and by visiting us on Apple Podcasts and leaving a rating and review. Thanks for subscribing and being a part of our work here at D&D 420. We will see you next week.